Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have legendary film and television producer, Jerry Bruckheimer. He's responsible for bringing us films like Pirates of the Caribbean, Armageddon, and Beverly Hills Cop. Coming up, I talked to Jerry about growing up in our hometown of Detroit, taking a chance on Eddie Murphy and his latest film, Top Gun Maverick. Up next, Jerry Bruckheimer. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. A show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast. Leave a five-star rating. This week's theme is calculated risks. There's a saying, take a risk or lose a chance. Life is all about believing in yourself enough to know that even if there's a chance Things might not go the way you plan. It's better off than living a life of shoulda, woulda, couldas, or what ifs. If you take a risk and win, you'll be richer. If you take a risk and lose, you'll be wiser. When taking a risk, it's still important to calculate and weigh all the options. Listen, I've always been a dreamer, but as we get older, It's important when we make big decisions that we incorporate our past mistakes, mistakes of others, all of the things we've experienced, good and bad, using them to make highly informed decisions going forward. A chance is what you take before you give yourself time to think about it. But a calculated risk is what you take after you've evaluated all of the possible factors and still choose to bet on yourself. And the greater the calculated risk, the greater the reward. My next guest knows all about that. Jerry Bruckheimer is a legendary film and television producer who's produced some of the most beloved and successful American movies ever made, including Top Gun, Armageddon, Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys, and more. With every production he signs on to, he understands he's taking multi-million dollar risks. But everything he's learned along the way has given him a formula to success. And it makes it much easier to bet big. His latest film is the long-awaited sequel, Top Gun Maverick, in which Tom Cruise brings back one of his most memorable characters 36 years later. Coming up, I talked to Jerry about growing up in Detroit, the importance of focusing on your strengths, and which famous movie he wants to reboot next. Up next, Jerry Bruckheimer. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next guest 
and you guys know I love this, is not only a Detroit native, but also a legendary film and television producer who's produced some of the most beloved and successful movies ever made, including Top Gun, Armageddon, Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys, and more. His latest film is a long-awaited sequel, Top Gun Maverick, in which Tom Cruise brings back one of the most memorable characters 36 years later. It is my honor to welcome Jerry Bruckheimer to the Renaissance Man podcast. Thanks, Jalen. Pleasure being here. I appreciate you taking the time. And I must ask you, as a fellow 313-er, what was it like for you growing up in Detroit? And did you always know you wanted to work in the film industry? Well, it was great growing up in Detroit. It was a fantastic city. It still is. I'm so fortunate to have my roots and my family there. And my parents came over from Germany and they settled in Detroit and the community opened their arms to them. They had a great experience there. They spent almost their entire adult life there. So it's a terrific city and, and they're coming back. They had some problems in the past, but it's, it's sparkling a little, little more now. Yes, absolutely. And I have to ask you because I mentioned some of the classics uh, movies that you've done, but you know, Beverly Hills Cop and seeing Gil Hill, that was personal to me. So I have to ask you, can you take us back to the formation of that series of movies? Sure. It was a fish out of water story. Eddie Murphy, of course, is a brilliant comedian and terrific actor. And we were scouting locations in Detroit and we met with, with some of the police officers and detectives and Marty Bress, who was the director, we met this gentleman named Gil Hill, who was an inspector there. And he was so vibrant and so interesting and just had a had a great look about him and, and was so knowledgeable that Marty says, we're going to use him in the movie. And wow. he turned into being a terrific actor and he was a great friend and did, did a lot of good for us. I got a chance to see Top Gun on Saturday. Congratulations. What made you feel like this was the time that you wanted to bring back one of the most memorable characters 36 years later? Well, you know what? It just took a while for us to get all our, act, our acts together. Everybody after the first one went off and made other movies and weren't focused on another Top Gun. We were always interested in doing it. We had a few attempts. We never got there. Uh, about, I guess it was five years ago, Joe Kaczynski is the director of Top Gun. We met with him. He had a terrific idea for bringing back Top Gun. We flew to, to Paris to meet with Tom. who was shooting Mission Impossible at the time. Yeah. And it, he loved it. Joe pitched it. He showed him a lookbook, had a poster. And he said, this is going to be Top Gun Maverick. Mm. And Tom was so excited by it. He picked up the phone and called the head of the studio and said, I'm going to make another Top Gun. They were <laughs> delighted. That is awesome. And I have to ask, so you've had such a storied, successful career. And kind of like in athletics, we're taught to forget the last play and focus on the next play. But you've been a part of some of the most memorable television and movies in America's cinema history. Are you often reflective of your career over the years or are you constantly just looking towards the future and the next project? I'm just like an athlete. I wish I was good at it, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm always looking forward. Uh, you know, I play hockey and I grew up being growing up in Detroit and Detroit's hockey town. So yes. I played when I was a young kid, followed the Red Wings. And the reason I play hockey is because 
it's a team sport. I'm terrible at, at an individual sport. So you'll never see me playing golf or tennis. So I need somebody to pass, pass the ball to me. Or the Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. So since you brought up hockey and Detroit sports, I must ask because I'm all Detroit everything. I meet people that might be from New York and they'll say they're a Laker fan, they root for Alabama. I'm all Detroit. So who are some of your favorite Detroit athletes of all time? Well, you know, I, I, I focus more on, on baseball and hockey than basketball. Mm-hmm. But it was when I grew up, it was Al Kaline and, and Hardy Keene were the two great legends that played for the Tigers. And then, of course, it was Gordie Howe and Ted Lindsay and Alex DeVecchio who, who played for the Red Wings when I grew up. So the, the Pistons weren't much in, in my in my sight line at the time because I was focusing on those two sports. And I'm not sure they were very good way back when I grew up. <laughs> what about 1984? Bless you, boys. Do you remember? Yeah, that's right. That was the good ones. <laughs> you, you brought the, the shine back to the city. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lance Parrish, Kirk Gibson, those were amazing teams and amazing right. days. But I have to also ask you, and I mentioned some of the movies you produced, but also television series, classics like CSI, Amazing Race, and Lucifer, and many, many more to name. What is the biggest difference in producing TV versus movies? Well, TV is fast. You come up with an idea, you find a writer, you pitch it to the streamers or the networks, and within a year, you're either on the air, off the air, either you have a hit or a miss. Movies, mm. it takes forever to get something going. Top Gun being a prime example, 35 years to mm. get that movie going. So it just takes a lot longer. It's a lot more difficult to get a movie off the ground than a TV series. But TV series is rapid paced. You, you go really fast. So in the dynamic of thinking as an athlete and being a Detroiter and being so very successful, I must ask you, what's the next story? What's the next project that you have cooking up in that brain of yours that you hope to deliver to the masses? Well, we have another Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, no, what? (laughs) Is Eddie Murphy going to be in it? He sure is. I got to go get one of those Lions jackets. Please tell me more. This is an exclusive. Tell me more. That's the next one up, we hope. It's not a go movie yet, but we're working on it. And uh, we hope to, to start filming it end of the summer. That's, that's the key. You heard that, Renaissance Man's fans. Beverly Hills Cop coming soon to a theater near you with Eddie Murphy. That is breaking news. That's what we hope. That is awesome. I am so very excited about that. Now, your latest project, as I mentioned, is the sequel to Top Gun. And as I talked about, released 36 years later. Now, Tom Cruise is back in a new generation of action stars like Miles Teller, John Hamm, and Jay Ellis. What do you think, why did you think 2022 was the perfect time to reintroduce this story? We didn't think it was a perfect time. We thought it was going to be out two years ago, but unfortunately the pandemic had other ideas. So it's been sitting on the shelf for two years. We finished it and we're hoping to bring it out. But now that everything, everything subsided, we finally can bring it to the public. It's, it's really an exciting movie and can't wait for everybody to see it. What has changed for you creatively 
based on how technology has changed, like communicating with your talent, coming up with scripts, shooting things on set? Like what has changed for you over the years dramatically as technology has changed? Well, I can use Top Gun as an example. The first time we did the movie, we put our actors in, in jets and in F-14s and we had one camera in there. Unfortunately, every actor threw up because they couldn't handle the G-forces except for, for Tom. And Tom's <laughs> the only footage we used in a real, real F, F-14. This time, Tom designed a plan where he took all our actors and they had to agree to it up front. And they had to train for three months in four different aircraft. They put them in a prop plane first just to, to feel just flying. Then they put an aerobatic prop plane so they can turn them upside down. Then they put them in a jet so they could really feel some G-forces. And finally, they put them in the F-18. So by the time they got into the F-18, they were more accustomed to the G-force. One G-force is your body weight. Mm-hmm. He did seven, <laughs> seven, seven times their body weight. It's like an elephant sitting on your chest. Wow. And that's when, when you see the movie, you see the expressions on their faces. They're grunting and groaning. They're feeling the pain. And when they got on the ground, they were all soaking wet, including the pilots. We had the best Top Gun pilots in the world flying our actors. And yet it's so difficult. It's unbelievable. You're an athlete. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise is very much like an athlete. He trains like an athlete. He works really hard. He takes great care of himself. So that's why he can withstand the G-force. And that's why he understood what it would take for our actors who are obviously younger than he is to be able to do what he can do. They had to do underwater training because you get ejected over the water. What they do is they put you in, in a cockpit, they blindfold you and then dump, they dump you in the water and they, and they turn you over. So you have to figure out how to get out of that cockpit with being blindfolded. So, and all the actors went through it, including Tom who did it 35 years ago, didn't have to do it again. So you can imagine what kind of shape he is in That is incredible. There are so many people that hope to work in television, that hope to work in film, that hope to work in entertainment. And not only yourself as being one of the best at what you do, but you also get a chance to identify talent. So can you tell those that hope to get into this industry some of the things you see and you look for when you're trying to identify someone to be in a television or a movie? First of all, stay in school, get the best education you can. Let's start there. Try to get a college degree, but focus on what you think you're good at. There are a lot of things I'd like to do, but I'm not good at them. Mm. I found something that I was good at. When I was a kid, I was like 10 years old. I put together a baseball team. I took all the neighborhood kids. I got a sponsor and we had a, like a little, little team at the, at the local Sandlot, which is on the Northwest side of Detroit uh, between Schaefer and Greenfield is where I grew up between seven and eight miles. Puritan and Appalachian, baby, absolutely. Yeah. Went to James Verner High School. So, I mean, uh, grade school and Mumford High School. So, so I started by being able to put things together. And later on, I put together a hockey team and have a, a group of guys. In fact, I'm a part owner of the Seattle Kraken right now. But so I had a gift of putting talented people together. And so my talent is knowing talent. So after I graduated college, I started in the film business and I started in a mailroom. I started in a mailroom in Detroit out in Bloomfield Hills for a, a company that handled Cadillac and Pontiac, no more Pontiac anymore in General Motors. Mm. So I started at the bottom, but I worked harder than everybody else. Mm. And I got out of that mailroom 
within three months and got into a, a traffic position in the television department. So it, it just, it takes hard work, perseverance, and know what you're good at. I was very lucky. I found something that I like doing and that I'm very good at. Well, I shouldn't say I'm good at. I think the results speak for Correct. themselves. And one of my talents is knowing talent. Do you know how I know talent? Because I look at everything. I watch a lot of TV shows. I watch a lot of movies. I look at commercial directors. I look at people mm -hmm. who do plays. I read a lot of scripts. You know, I read books. I read, you know, whatever it is, magazine articles. Mm -hmm. And you hone your skills. The more you work at it, the better you get. And there's not a better time for somebody to get in the film business or television business mm -hmm. than right now. Because there's so many streamers. There's so mm -hmm. many movie companies. And they're all looking for diversity. They're all looking for talented people. So that's what we try to do is find talent. You know, putting Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop, they said, no, you can't put an African-American to carry a movie by himself. The only person that ever did that was Richard Pryor and he only did $25 million. Beverly Hills Cop in whatever it came out in the eighties did $235 million for an R-rated movie in the United States. It, the only movie that beat it was The Hangover. Look how many mm -hmm. years later The mm -hmm. Hangover came out. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the box office was a lot more expensive then. So you can see when you find some talent, like Eddie and Marty Brest, who directed it, look what can happen. It just exploded. Bad Boys, the same thing. We took two TV stars. People said, oh, you can't put them in a movie. And it, look, it, we're still making them. Yes. I mean, yes. that's just yes. how it is. Absolutely. Classics. And again, Jerry, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm so very honored to have a fellow Detroit native on the program. But before I get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this? I'll try. I'm not, I'm I'm not sure I'm very good at it, but uh, <laughs> okay, I'll have to rely you're on you. This first question. You're back in Detroit for one night. What's right. the first place you're hitting up? Most of me, my family. Check out on my family. That, that would be that would be the thing I would do. I love that. Name one director you haven't worked with that you love to. Oh, uh, Chris Nolan. He's a, an amazing director and, uh, and one of the best in Hollywood. What's another '80s movie that deserves a sequel for this generation? That's a hard question. Maybe Footloose. Another a great one yeah that's a classic right there and lastly but certainly not least and again i appreciate you taking the time what's the biggest thing you look for to fans seeing in top gun maverick i think it's a character story it's it's an emotional movie it's got a lot of humor it's got fantastic action you're gonna see the most realistic portrait of a fighter pilot you've ever seen you can see what these young men go through the diversity in the Navy, the way it is now, how different the world is now, but the ride you're gonna go on is one of the best rides you're gonna have. This movie, and I, this is not me talking, this is people who've seen the movie, say it's one of the best films they've seen in a long time. So I'm really looking forward to people in Detroit line up and see it on, the, it's gonna be on the big screen. Go see it in the theaters. That's where you wanna see it. That's where the great sound is, the big screens. Enjoy it, enjoy it with other people. There's nothing better than going to a movie on the opening weekend with the excitement that this movie will bring. So applaud, laugh, and have a great time. And that's what Top Gun is. You're gonna feel something, 
and you're gonna walk out feeling much better. We're gonna take you for two hours away from any problems you have. The screaming kids at home, the boss you don't wanna to talk to. <laughs> Top Gun is gonna take that all away from you. And I must tell the audience, I'm really fortunate that I got a chance to see the movie and I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but what I will say to you, Jerry, I appreciate it how Maverick was able to repair some relationships in his personal life, I'll say. You know, I I appreciated that. Good takeaway. Thanks, Jalen. Yes, indeed. I appreciate that, and best of luck with everything. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Jerry Bruckheimer for stopping by the podcast. The one thing that stood out to me in our conversation was hearing him talking about taking calculated risks and casting the classic movie Beverly Hills Cop back in the 80s. At the time, nobody thought a black man could carry a franchise by himself. And when you look at all of the films that Eddie Murphy has done since then, and you put them up against what Jerry told me, you really start to understand how much Eddie Murphy has paid the way for people like Will Smith, Idris Elba, and Jamie Foxx. Taking risks is not just about betting on yourself, but it's about betting on others, no matter the field. Take a look around at the underrepresented and give them a chance to break glass ceilings and change history. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.